Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Now then, hey hope we got eight. Hey, Monday again. Welcome to the brand new episode of the RGM Experience Podcast with me, the host, Carl Maloney. How are you doing? You okay? How's your week been? Just checking in on you. Mine's been hard work. And I don't mean like, well, I do mean, I mean everything. You, you'll have heard my voice on the last podcast last week on the uh, Billy Bibby episode. Check it out if you haven't. A lot of people have. Thank you to everybody. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, a bit croaky on that one. Couldn't really put a sentence together. On the introductions and that. Mm, bit of a nightmare. Ladies and gentlemen, I was the victim of the common cold. Definitely wasn't COVID. Had about 18 tests. One of them proper tests and all. Um, I've managed to dodge COVID so far. Not bragging around. Um, just, just not had it. But I have had the common cold. Remember them? Common cold. Nasty business. Absolute nasty business. Yeah, it all, it all starts off with uh, the sneezes. And the big, proper comedy sneezes as well. Proper achoos. They start. Then the, then the sore throat kicks in. Shit. Daggers in the throat. Yeah, you know something's happening to you. Then your head is literally full of snot. And then you have about a week, even more than a week, of just pure lag. You've got no enthusiasm to do anything. Today's like the first day where I've been like, oh yeah, I feel like my normal self again. Just absolute. Just... Can't be bothered with work, RGM stuff, everything else we do in lives. Going to the shop, can't be bothered to pop out. Just zero enthusiasm to do anything for ages. That was my experience of it. Not had a common cold in a while. Um, but I'm feeling, I feel back now, recording a brand new episode of the podcast. Um, yes, last night, I spent a lovely night down. Uh, yes, in Manchester. Went to see Andrew Cushion play live, a former guest of the podcast. Class. Got down early like you should do for the supports. Megan Wynn was on there. Nice one, Megan. Great set there. Bank called Roll- Roller, a Manchester band. Very indie. Very, you know... Stereotypical, like, like, like lads type or oasis type number. 
tight band though good tunes and then Andrew Cushion came onto the stage and just hit it straight off with the crowd amazing really enjoyed his set I had a quick chat with him as well it's nice to see people in face to face when you've interviewed them on the podcast and then yeah then you see him in face to face yeah cheers Andrew I salute you sir yeah, I love going to gigs. because it's gone eight, isn't it? I met his mum as well. His mum is lovely. He had a six-hour drive down from Newcastle. Uh, so that was a bit treacherous. Um, yeah, I met his mum at the merch stall. They didn't have any... Uh, I wasn't able to... Well, I, I went to buy a T-shirt. I went to buy one of Andrew's T-shirts. Because, you know, why not? But they, they only had a cash available and I don't carry cash anymore. Just I just have family card thing um, but she, but Andrew's mum gave me one gave me a t-shirt I'll wear it on a future episode um, yeah just a great night down at Yes spotting grassroots music so yeah it's uh, we're here on a Monday we're here to have some chat we announced the Today's guest, Jamie, the amazing Jamie Webster. Chuffed to have Jamie as a guest. Joining us for a chat. He's actually on tour at the minute, as we were talking. He was in Newcastle in a hotel room. Uh, he's deeper into his tour now. It was about a, it was a, you know, about a week or so ago that we recorded it. So he's deep into his tour. He likes showing his fans what what goes on behind the scenes on his all on his socials and things. You'll see, you know, what he's getting up to, and that I like that. And we had a chat about loads and loads of stuff. I won't spoil it, but stay tuned. That interview's coming up very soon. Be the first to find out all the information on the podcast on Twitter at RGMPod. The video version of the podcast will be out on Wednesday where you can see me speaking to Jamie face-to-face. A similar kind of, like, vibe to Andrew Cushion, really, with, with Jamie. Proper down-to-earth... Working class lad, amazing talent, selling out venues all over the country. What more could you want, eh? I'm going to put a link so you can buy his uh, pre-order his album as well. So I'll put a pre-order link on this podcast. I think that covers it. At the end of this interview, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to announce next week's guest, and it's a belter. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let's crack on. And have a chat. It's Jamie Webster, everybody. Thank you. Uh, I'm here with Jamie Webster in his in his hotel room on tour. How you doing, pal? You alright? I'm good, Carl. Thanks very, very much for having me, mate. No, you're very welcome. So, where where are you now? Then, where where what do you know? I'm in I'm in Newcastle at the oh, minute. Oh, right, uh, okay. We started the tour in Glasgow last night, yeah. and uh, we sold out SWG3, wow. and a uh, big room there, so it was 1,300 Glaswegians. Yeah. Uh, starting off on the tour, and I mean, it, it was an unbelievable night. They, they, they really know how to how to have a go, those Glaswegians. You do, I hear that from a lot of artists, the, the, the Scottish crowds, or particularly the Glaswegians people. What what is it about what what's in the air in Glasgow that makes magic happen at gigs? I don't know. To be honest, 
it, it reminds me so much of a Liverpool hometown crowd. It yeah. Was, it was really, uh, but with, with the Scottish edge, obviously, do you know mm. what I mean? Uh, I don't know what it was. Yesterday it was St. Andrew's Day, so that could have had something to do ah, with it. Like, okay. you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm taking nothing away from, from the crowd. They were, they were one of the best I've ever played to. Like, they, yeah. they, they hung off everything I said and sung and, you know, there was, a, there was some great moments last night and I've been looking back at some footage today already and I'm just buzzing. I can't wait to go again tonight in Newcastle. Well, I had a little nosy on your socials and you had a few troubles with your van and that getting there, didn't you? Just to add to all yeah. the stress of it all. So that that looked like fun. <laughs> yeah, it's part, part of it, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> we, uh, we told manager Hutchie and Hutchie, he's a great fella. Like he's, yeah. uh, he's just bought a van off a well-known tour manager in uh, Liverpool called Gary Gary Murphy, but he's known as Gary Bander. He's, okay. uh, he's Inhaler's tour manager. Yeah, okay. And that was the bus that fucking Inhaler about until yeah. now that they're, they're obviously doing big venues and sleeper mm. buses and Renneker and stuff. So we had no use for the van, so my tour manager bought it off not long ago. And um, we set off at the time. We literally pulled up at mine, went to leave, and the hazard lights come on. And we couldn't get them <laughs> uh, we'd had trouble before that because the second van didn't turn up, but we got there in the end with all that. That wasn't too bad of a delay, but we were sat... I ended up yeah. saying to all the lads, like, come in ours, we'll have a cup of tea while we're on tour. <laughs> well, I ended up flipping the battery, disconnecting the battery. I used to be a spark, so... That's that what I'm going to say. Me. Wikipedia's told me that you used to be an electrician anyway, so you, I presume yeah. you, 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 know, you know you know what you're doing. Um, I, 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 when it comes to batteries, I do. When it comes to cars, I don't. <laughs> right, um, OK. <laughs> we, we, thankfully, my girlfriend's dad knows a lot about cars, and he just told yeah. us to just turn everything off, lock it sit inside right. for an hour and then come back and the computer should have reset and he was right. So, oh, there you uh, go. yeah, but then we, we had a leak then once we got in the van, there was a leak <laughs> then in the room. So then I had to uh, get the duct tape up and sort the leak out. But no, it's all, it was a good laugh. We had a laugh with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, yeah. we weren't going to, we were buzzing to get on the road. So uh, we weren't going to let it defeat us in, in the first <laughs> instance. Like we was always going to get on the road and get there. So, yeah, it's um, it's just part of what happens on the tour. But it's nice that other people can get to see a side of that because yeah. I think it's all glamour. You know what I mean? But it's, it's not, you know. What I mean? Another thing you mentioned on your socials as well is that you you are that you are openly looking to show people behind the scenes and stuff, aren't you? What 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 made you decide yeah. to like you know do that? I like, love I love I think, it. I, more people should do it. I love it. It's a great idea. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like you know, everyone knows what a musician does on stage because mm. they see it. <clears throat> You know, um, even in the studio to some extent, there's a lot of a lot of documentaries released about recording processes, and you know, nearly every nearly every album is recorded now as a videographer with them doing mm. this. But I just think on tour, it's you know, it, yeah, obviously you put up your clips of of, of being on stage because that's you know, obviously from a marketing point of view, it sells your next few gigs out. You know what I mean? When yeah. people see what was going on, but and also it's good to let people know what's happening, but. For me, the fans already the fans come to your gigs and buy the tickets, so they already know what happens on stage today yeah. with you. They share that moment with you. So, when I was a music fan, I always used to think to myself, like when I go and see, you know, Noel Gallagher or whoever it was, I go and see. You'd think, I wonder if they're in the building now. Yeah, like I wonder what they're doing now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that's it's just what you think as a music fan, isn't it? And yeah, I wonder what they're like. You know, I wonder what they're doing getting there and blah blah blah. And I used to be. I, I, I used to be fascinated with the idea of what's it like backstage until I started this magazine thing and went backstage a few times and realised that it's quite rough back there, isn't it? It's not, it's yeah, not, it's not glamorous yeah. behind the scenes. Even, even in festivals, there might be a table with some sandwiches on and a few beers and some portaloos. It, it's not very glamorous behind the scenes, really. So it's, no, no. <laughs> 
people people think obviously that it's like <clears throat> it's good to be backstage and you know blah 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 get you know get backstage and yeah. <clears throat> when when people even we mates who come back and see it they go oh, no, there's a lot going on like isn't there do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like yeah not that <laughs> I mean I got out the sh- I got in a shower just before my gig mm. yesterday. And as I walked out of the shower, there was just people in dressing me. And I was like, oh, God, mate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's mad, but, you know, we like to give people that insight to travelling in the van. And, yeah. you know, people probably think, you know, I'm being massive sore of us with a big bed and all that. And that, <laughs> that's not yet, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where your aims to be. But, you know, for now, I can just show you what I'm doing. And it's sitting in the back of a Mercedes band splinter that's yeah. uh, being converted. And... Uh, yeah, it's just, but it's a good laugh, do you know what I mean? The lads get on dead well on the road, and um, just, just, there's a box, there's a 10 man party on the road, with us, do yeah. you know what I mean? We've got, we've got just a big firm, so we have, it's good for people to be able to see a little bit of the dynamic of, mm. you know, what things are like. And even also for me, you know, my band as well, who play with me, they're unbelievable yeah. musicians, mm. and, you know, it's all under my name, so yeah. <clears throat> it's nice to be able to show show off a bit of their personality and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Just for, for everyone to see because they, they deserve all, all the credits and they deserve just as much attention as I do, to be fair. Well, on, on, when I, on a previous podcast, I was speaking to Andrew Cushing, who's, who's, oh, yeah. who's, who's on the rise at the minute at Jordan. And yeah, I know, Andrew. Now. Yeah, and um, he's like, you know, just loving life at the minute, you know, he's on the rise like you, you know, on, on tour, doing the music thing and just in, out there enjoying himself. And he's got the band around him now. And he's just like, he just feels like, you know, it's, 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 it's taking everything to another level, having all these people behind you uh, and building that sound up and, you know, taking that out on the road now from when he started off doing the solo stuff. How, how does that feel for you? Yeah, it's the exact same thing, to be honest with you, mate. Mm. I know exactly where he's coming from. Um, 100%. It's like, you know, you, you, you release these records that are produced with, obviously production on them, you know, mm-hmm. drums, bass, keyboards, guitars, strings sometimes, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, you, you want your records to sound worthy of, of, of recording it, you know what I mean? Um, so then when you take that and then you go to a stage, which I've done, and stand there and maybe try and get a bit of percussion out of it, just a stomp box and mm-hmm. an acoustic guitar, but you're singing all these songs that have got so much to them on the record, and then it comes to an acoustic guitar and a voice in a venue full of people where people are talking, yeah. people are, you know, it's 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 not the same experience. So when you have that band, you, you know, you've got that, like, mm-hmm. that level of support where, where, you know, you just need to, you don't need to worry about all the, filling all the sounds and, do you know what I mean? Like, just... You just do it. You just enjoy it because the lads are there playing with you and you're playing with them. You're all backing each other up. You're all working together. It's like it's like a socialism, you know what I mean? And uh, it's it's just the best way to work. It's more enjoyable playing with other people, you know what I mean? Music was meant to be... Yeah. Music was invented for for pe- to be shared with people, both playing it and listening to it, you know what I mean? And Yeah. yeah I, I, I'll never look back now. Obviously, there will be times where I do acoustic gigs and that, um, you know, and that's... That'll be because of, you know, maybe intimate settings and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But by and large, when I'm on the road now, I'll never look past having, having the band with me because it is, it's such, it's it, not only for me, mm. for the people who come to see you, it's such, it's, it, I understand if you, if you come in to see me in a, in a, in a hundred cap venue or, you know, even less then yeah, it's nice to get the acoustic out and mm. have an intimate, quiet, sort of different strip back experience. But when you're mm. in them big venues with the lights and, you know, the, the, the ale and everything else and everyone's up for it. Mm. 
you know, the, the, for the experience of the, of the, of the, of the, the concert goer, it's better for them to have the, the production, the, the big guitar mm. sounds, the drums, the bass, everything, you know what I mean? It's better, it's just a better all around, a better experience. It's more of a party. And that's what, that's what you want. Do you know what I mean? And, I just yeah I, I love I love my my bands that I play with the lads they're just the phenomenal musicians yeah. they play they don't only play with me they play with the Coral they play with the Lightning Seeds mm. they play you know they play with a girl called Brooke Combe and they they're all they're, they're like the band you know the band Robbie Robertson <laughs> and who backed up Bob Dylan they're literally like them yeah. they're amazing musicians and uh, so I'm lucky to have them on the stage yeah. with me you know what I mean so like there'll never be a point where I'll say to them oh no we're not doing it anymore it'll be them telling me that they can't do it that'd be the only way I'm not with these four lads do you know what I mean yeah. well I, I yeah. can I can remember like five ten years ago since you know me hanging around the industry and just being in bands and you know my band split up over ten years ago and I started this magazine thing after it just because I wanted to stay involved and do my own little yeah. bit and it always seems that as a soloist always seems always always seen the hardest journey into the music industry but over the last couple of years like yourself like Andrew Sam Fender the soloists are like headlining festivals now yeah yeah Jerry Cinnamon the come has come from nowhere well not from nowhere he's worked hard like every like you know you've got to work hard to get, get anywhere in this industry but like yeah. there does seem to be a space in the industry now where there's there is room for soloists on the stage it can do you know any insight into what your thoughts yeah. are on that I just think things come in turns, do you know what I mean? Mm. I think the music industry tends to work in turns and um, it's, it, you know, there'll be a phase where in, well, indie bands are it, you know what I mean? They're, they're what's on the radio, do you know what I mean? That was like the, the back end of the art, well, the Arctic phase, do you know what I mean? Mm. There was a lot of... You know, do you think there's going to be like loads of, of, do you think leather jackets and bands stood in front of a wall is going to come back? <laughs> 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 they were a big phase in that for a while, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, uh, well... You know, that's not my style, like, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, whatever anyone wants to do, yeah, my, anyone, you know what I mean? Whatever, you know, music's your own expression, isn't it? So fair enough, you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. But I can say, yeah, it's good. And I think as well about that, on that point about solo artists mm. and stuff like that, I think a lot more young people have got a lot more things to say now, mm. you know, about society, about views. There's so much information out there now yeah. and people take to it and, you know, if, if you can play the guitar and sing a few songs and you can put that, what's in your head, into a song, do you know what mm. I mean? People relate to it, do you know what I mean? Because it all them artists that you've mentioned there, they've all come from working-class backgrounds, yeah. do you know what I mean? They've all lived a normal life like, like, like the rest of us, do you know what I mean? So they're documenting their struggles, their joys, their escapes, mm. you know, their, their experiences, their friends' experiences, whatever. And there's so many of us who listen to those songs and go, oh, fucking hell, yeah. I can see that, you know, that's like when blah, blah, done that, or you know what I mean? Or yeah. I, I relate to that in my in my life because this is going on or whatever, do you know what I mean? And that's why the, the, you look at, you look at, you know, the biggest names of the music industry, like Bob, my number one hero is Bob Dylan. Mm. And now his music is still really, really, really relevant today. You know, you, you know, you're talking 60 years on. Yeah. Um, and, that's that's because he had something to say and he come from a background where there was a lot going on. There was a lot of this, there was a lot of that, there was a lot of change. Mm. We are, It's a different type of change that we're all going through now, but there is a lot of change in society. Do you know what I mean? And we're adapting to it and we've all got a thing to say about it. And mm. that's that's just what we're doing. We're just putting, everyone's got their own script at the end of the, the way I see it. You know what I mean? And we're just putting our, our solo artists and bands, you know what I mean? We're just putting, like, who write about 
topical subject, you know what I mean? Topical <laughs> things, not just living a champagne lifestyle that like they don't live. Not yeah. talking about all that shit. I'm talking about people who write songs about real yeah. things that they hit home with people. Uh, yeah, everyone's got their own sort of versions of things and we're just telling our stories, do you know what I mean? On, on our own little paths, walking our own lines and just, you know, if people, we're, we're lucky that people relate to us and people, yeah. you know, want to share those, you know, want to share that story with us and share that experience yeah. and, I just feel like the, like doing what I'm doing now, seeing what I seen last night. I feel like the luckiest cunt in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so I, I made up that you know solo artist sat back in a big way, but I would probably argue that they never really went away. They just you know they never they went mainstream. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We, we were always there, and we were always at the followings. Do you know what I mean? But they were just never all over the radios. I think now because there is so much going on and so much to say and yeah. so much more, you know direction towards these songs and so much more promo and everything around that you could do everything with songs these days. Do you know what I mean? That it's it's becoming a movement now where people are like getting behind, like standing up for what they believe in mm. and they like to do that with thousands of people who feel the same way in a concert hall or a festival. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah, well, you, you mentioned society's changing there, but every one of those names that are listed are male names. Uh, there doesn't seem to be as you know uh, that the you know there doesn't seem to be the female yeah. female soloists out there in the world. I think that needs to change because yeah. you've only got to look at Tony Mitchell, who's yes. a massive massive inspiration of mine. You know what I mean? I mean Zuzu from Liverpool. Even... Sorry, Zuzu from Liverpool, another one. Zuzu, just... yeah, Zuzu's another yeah. one, yeah. But Joni Mitchell is like if she mm. was a man, she would have. And this isn't. I'm not being. I'm, I, I this. I thought. I this like. I'm against this, what I'm saying. If Joni Mitchell mm. was a male back when she was doing what she was doing, yeah. she would have 100% been as big as Bob Dylan. She's mm. like, and she's not the only one, to, I'm not the only one to say that. Bob Dylan would tell you that himself, do you know what I mean? Mm. So would, you know, any of the Beatles, any of Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, do you know what I mean? They'd all tell you how good she was, do you know what I mean? You only got to listen to her words and the stories that she tells and, you know, she she be, she would have been a mega 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 star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it it does need to change. I think it's, it's because people it's it's that idea that's been passed down the years where girls just need to be sexy. Do you know what I mean? And beautiful yeah. and sitting and that's but it's not. You know what I mean? But you're starting to see it come up now. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot. There's a lot. I can see it on you know on the grassroots. I can, I can see. I can name Megan Wynn. Oh, oh, Megan wins another one, yeah. There's uh, well, Brooke, Brooke Cohn, yeah. you know what I mean? I just mentioned her, she's a good good friend mm. of mine, do you know what I mean? Uh, performed with me on stage last night. we done a talk oh, well. on Ed's cover last night. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be releasing that soon as well, uh, a live version of that. But uh, she's, you know, she's amazing. Um, there's, there's so many now that are just scratching, scratching at the surface and knocking at the door. Just a matter of I mean? time till we see that, those uh, females headlight, female soloists, Further up those festival lineups, I, I hope. Yeah, rightly so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm look, I'm a very, very liberal guy, me mate. You know what I mean? I'm, mm. I'm you know, the, the, you only got to listen to my music to know yeah, sure. where my views are. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it, it, it's wrong that it hasn't been more now. You know, just you know, just, you talk people a lot of people. You know, people at the mainstream will say, "What about Beyonce? What about Taylor Swift?" But yeah. they're not, they're they're not writing for the people. They're just writing for. For, for charts, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's it's like it's diff. It's a diff. Talking about real music that connects mm. with people, not 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 fifteen, fourteen year old girls. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the and, and you know in TikTok videos and all that crap. You know what I mean? We're talking yeah. about like proper hard hitting tunes about real things that 
so many girls are writing and so many lads are writing, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, and I think a lot more noise needs, needs to be made about it yeah. for, for before a massive change can be made. But it's no good me sitting here and saying it, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I haven't got the platform yet mm. to... to for people to, you know, for you know, millions of people to listen yeah. and take notes and say, yeah, you know, I haven't, you know what I mean? Obviously, Adele, do you know what I mean? Is doing, you know, she does massive things in the US, but, you know, we're talking singer songwriters, do you know what I mean? Mm. I, 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 I think Adele's got a beautiful voice, do you know what I mean? Like, I like, yeah. I, I, I like her personality and everything. I'm not sleeping Adele. She's an unbelievable talent, yeah. you know what I mean? She's fucking amazing what she's done, but uh, Amy Winehouse as well, do you know what I mean? But it's still, I think Amy Winehouse is probably the last one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like with, like you forget about the Delta's early albums are sort of love songs, and it's about hate. And I suppose it does connect with a certain, certain demographic. Do you know what I mean? Well, obviously a massive demographic because she's huge. But you know, you look into them too, and they're probably the only two. Yeah, you could say. Do you know what I mean? In the last, well, off my knowledge, off the top of my head, now besides man, she likes a really, really pop princesses of. Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and all that jargon. Um, they're the only two, and you know, Amy Winehouse. Now she's you know, her, her legacy lives on. You know what I mean? Like those two albums that she put out. Or, uh, yeah, I think we just, we just all got a, we've all got a responsibility to shout about these new female soloists that are coming out, and I'm going to be definitely going to doing that through my little magazine thing. And yeah. um, well, I think it, it needs to be bigger than that, though. It needs to yeah, be that. Yeah. What I was say before I went on the tangents, well, which I tend to do, sorry, <laughs> it's uh, is that, you know, we need the people at the very top to be standing up and saying, look, do you know what I mean? Look, I'll play this festival on the on the Saturday night as long as such and such is headline on the Friday or the Sunday yeah. or you, as long as you put a, you know, a top, you know, let's, let's, let's work it out, you know what I mean? That's, uh, you know, because there's plenty out there who are good enough, there's no question about it. Mm. It's just a case of Let's you know what I mean. Let's yeah. let's give it to them. Do you know what I mean? Let's give them the shot. Let's let people know that they're there. Do you know what I mean? I feel the same a little bit about myself. Do you know what I mean? I feel like my songs stand up to to any that are out there at the minute, and what I'm writing yeah. about certainly stands up to any. And you know, I feel like I should be. I know it doesn't just get given to you. You've just got to keep working. Yeah. And this is my first ever tour, but you know, I feel like that. Like you know, I could be up there. You know, mm-hmm. like in a couple of years' time, another album under my belt. I, I, there's no reason to say why I couldn't, you know what I mean? Especially once the second yeah. album drops in, uh, in at the end of January, because that's uh, it's. I couldn't have been proud, more proud of, of a piece of work, do you know what I mean? And well, we, we're, I definitely, think- we're definitely going to come up to the album. I just want to rewind a little bit and just go back to young Jamie Webster. How, how did you first? How did you first? When did you first realize that it's going to be a musical career that you're going to go for? When, you know, when you were just growing up. How did you get into music in the first place? Just to rewind a little bit. Well, my mum, to be fair, my mum just, um, I mean, as a kid, I always loved music, like, yeah. you know, singing and dancing and stuff as a really little kid. But um, my mum always wanted me, she, she wanted to learn an instrument and she never really had the opportunity to get lessons or anything like that. So mm. she tried, she bought a couple of chord books and got a guitar and tried to teach herself, but she never, ever kept at it. Mm. She always said that it was like a big regret of hers and, she always wanted to give her kids the opportunity to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at a young age, I really liked the idea of it. But as I was learning, doing little bits, you know, talking about 
seven or eight maybe. Yeah. Uh, complaining and I was having a go. And then <clears throat> once I got to like nine, ten, I just wanted to be playing football with me mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? But my mum really wanted me to, she wanted me to go to a good school and stuff like that. So she wanted me to, to keep learning my instruments because she said you'd have better opportunities in better schools and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And uh, I hated it, like, you know what I mean? And I always <laughs> said, like, what kind of stop when I go to senior school? And she was like, yeah, but, you know, you'll thank me one day when you're older, sort yeah. of thing. And I never ever thought I would. And then I went to senior school and, you know, the first couple of years, I thought I was Johnny Hardnock, you know what I mean? Walking out with a cap on my head and all that crap, you know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> wanting to fight everyone and stuff like that. But... Uh, Nothing to be enough playing a footy team and all that. And then yeah. I, I grew up quite, you know, I grew up well. I've always been quite mature since the, like, since the age of like 13, 14. Do you know what I mean? I've always yeah. been quite, quite a mature kid. And um, the lad, Danny, who plays guitar with me, actually, he's outside, I think, having a smoke. He'd probably be walking back in in a second. <laughs> but uh, he's, um, I met him there and he was he was he was always into playing because he's fucking amazing the yeah. guitarist. Like he's always he's been brilliant since the day I sort of mm. watched him play when we were about say about 13, 14. And he was just into music in a big way. He was into you know, Beatles, massive Beatles fan, you know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, Oasis, every we all had that. And like he got me into that Oasis phase and that. Mm. And I had another mate who I grew up with who sort of got into the Kings of Leon really early, pre-six sex on fire and stuff like that. And he, he got me into that. So I started listening to all this new music and I was like, what, like, this is, you know, yeah. it just stuck to it, you know what I mean? My love for music must have just always been there. Um, and I just, I just remember like picking the guitar back up and I remember the couple of the chord shapes that I was taught before, you know, mm. before I stopped doing my lessons. And I worked on them and then I'd go into school and say to Danny, hey, how do you play this chord? And that, you know what I mean? Show me at dinner time and that. And then, uh, just like practiced every night, I'd get home, just like learn a new Oasis cover, learn a new Beatles cover, learn a new Jam cover. You know what I mean? Just like, just, like just playing and singing and just practicing and just, you know, me mum and dad come upstairs one day and just like, you sound really good, you know, son. And I was like, well, you're my mum and dad, you're gonna, you're gonna say yeah, that, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, I played in front of a couple of mates and like, you know, mates who would have took the piss out of me if I was shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, True, Do, like, like yeah, praise yeah. or grumble type thing. Yeah, yeah, like it was my mates. We all, we were all, we still have a fucking sandwich. <laughs> you know, each other, like it's it's rough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When we all get together, it's like <laughs> take a piss of that out yeah. to each other, and people go very deep yes. and very. You know what I mean? Like so, like if I would have been shit there. Someone would have just said, lad, that was fucking terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they would have told me on no one certain yeah, terms. And they still do now to take a piss, do you know what I mean? Like, I walk off stage and one of them be in the dressing room and go, fucking shit, I can't do you know what I mean? But obviously, like... Keeps you grounded. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the good people to have around you, do you know what I mean? Um, and my family and my girlfriend as well now, yeah. especially, do you know what I mean? But, like, back then, so I played to a couple of mates and they were like, fucking hell, lad. That was, like... That was good, you know what I mean? You can sing. Can you do another one? What are the ones, you know? So then play another like couple. It, and they... it, t- it takes quite like... Uh, how old are you when you started busking in Liverpool? Yeah, well, I joined the band. First right, thing okay. me, like me playing the guitar, I caused a couple of my mates to learn the drums and the bass and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And, uh, and we joined the band. We were, shite, like, we were shite. We played on the circuit for a bit, like between yeah. the ages of like 16 and 17. And then 
we just we, we do everyone was going everyone was into different music everyone was doing different things we were all growing up we were kids you know what i mean so uh, it's 10 years ago now that you know what i mean so then i just yeah. jumped on straight onto the uh well when it split up so then i jumped straight onto the the open mic nights and mm. you know trying to get work in pubs and stuff like that you know what i mean and i was quite lucky and then that's how it all started i had a door in like I've always wrote songs and stuff like that, even since I was about 15, 16, obviously, with being in the band. Yeah. Then that's when I fell in with the Liverpool crowd and I played a little bit of that. that I sort of got a name for myself yeah. through being associated with LFC. But it was a great platform for me then for a few years. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask. How, how do you, how do you, what happened to take you to the, or, or to open up more opportunities as somebody busking on the streets? Yeah, it was, I was got what it was. I was going to Liverpool games on and away at the same time. Yeah. And a few of the lads who was coming on my coach were coming to see me of a Friday night before the game and right. that, you know what I mean? And and sometimes they, if after the game, they, if, if I'd be playing in a pub, mm. a few of them would come down because like, they might be in a match with them and that's how I'm playing in a bar now and sound and you tell, fuck, we'll come up with you lads, you know what mm. I mean? Just, just see, see what it's like. And then there was an event that was ran by a few lads who were like, you know, in like a few like well-known supporters groups yeah. or like well-known clicks at the footy and they asked me to start playing a few covers and stuff and like that, loads of people who used to go to the game used to mm. like from Liverpool used to go to these events and everyone just took to me straight away and, and that built me name then and you know they asked me to play a few Liverpool songs so I did that took me to LFC and all that took me got me like a bit of a national and global recognition and then but I'd been playing my own songs all the mm. while you know through it and then it was getting to a point where people were like playing the gigs and I'd play my own songs and people would be singing all the words to my own songs back to me and it wouldn't have been released. It'd just be yeah. just they'd see me playing them in the pubs every week and stuff like that. And then it was getting to a point where the whole room was fucking singing and bouncing it and they were going off more than any of the covers or any of the Liverpool songs mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it just come to me and I was like, you know, I should really do this now because I got, you know, a few years of doing all that. I was yeah. playing doing it in Ireland, it was going down, playing everywhere, doing this sort of stint of the mixture of the covers, the Liverpool and my own songs, and it was doing really well for me. Not You know, I was still working on sites and electrician, mm. but I was, I was getting about and I was experiencing a lot of different types of crowds and different types of people. And it was, you know, all obviously majority Liverpool fans, but it was still playing in pubs and stuff, so it was good. And then um, I played in Madrid for the... You there, mate? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, it just, sorry, just, it just uh, the line dropped a little bit there. What, what did you say then, mate? Sorry. Sorry, it just said, uh, can, you, can you hear me now? Yeah, cool, it's cool, mate. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. So, we come to a point doing a gig in Madrid for the Champions League final, and there was right. 60,000 people there. Wow. And wow. the head of my record label, um, he was there, he put the stage on for Liverpool and mm. like, got the licence for them, so... He watched me play in front of 60,000 people and I played a couple of my wow. old songs and there was a banner at the front with Weekend in Paradise on it before <laughs> it hadn't even been released or recorded yeah. and someone had it on a banner <laughs> and uh, holding up right in the middle and everyone was bouncing to the song and he was stood backstage like I'd met him on the plane and I didn't <laughs> know who he was and I was talking shit to him like I am to you now yeah. and uh, you know talking about Elton John and all sorts of stuff do you know what I mean and uh, was when I got off the plane, he said, I'll oh, give you a number and I might have something for you when we get back. If mm. I like, you want to see you tomorrow? And I was like, why who the fuck are you? And he was like, oh, <laughs> I, I'm a record label, son. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, funny. I was like, oh, that's, and, that's Andy, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, Dave Pitts, he's a fucking living legend, mate. He's a, he's a top <laughs> fella. And straight after the gig, I just seen the text off me phone and it just said, that was fucking brilliant. Let's make a record. Wow. And the next week he comes to me practice room and he listens to all of the songs that I had. He listens to everything, like 20 songs on a shitty couch in a shitty yeah. dingy practice. So I was like, that's why I wanted to work with him because he's like, he turned, you know what I mean, turned up in a Range Rover and all that. But then, like, he come in and they had the cup of tea out and he Yankee mug and everything and fucking, you know, like he's just like he's dead down to it. Like he's come, he's come up from the from the ground himself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it just and shows it, you where the opportunities are there. You've just got to grab them, aren't they? And you, you don't you don't know where the next opportunity is going to come from. You've got no idea, yeah. have you, where that little spark's going to happen? Just keep doing as much as you can, keep working hard and. You, you you make your chances more realistic by just getting out there and being out of your comfort zone and getting in front of people that you wouldn't necessarily have thought of doing, you know, just let people take you down rides and open up opportunities. That's yeah, the only that's way it, I can think of like cracking this industry or getting in touch with somebody these days as a solo artist, particularly, or even as a band, it's because it's hard, it's hard work out there, isn't it? So you've just got to put yourself out there and opportunities will happen. Yeah, well, there's a similar story about Sam Fender, actually. I don't know if mm. you know it. Um, he worked in a bar in uh, South Shields. Mm. And uh, the manager, I forgot who the manager was of now. He was a manager of Libertines or so. It was like yeah. someone, uh, quite a renowned, you know, person. Yeah. I might have been Paolo Martini or something like that. And uh, he, apparently he liked to drink. He, was, he, he drank in this bar. He, he, he used to drink in this bar. Like when he was, he had family in the area. So I don't know what this background story is of why he was in the bar, but the manager of the bar used to say, because Sam Fender used to glass collect and work behind the bar and then yeah. jump up and do a few songs on, on the yeah, PA yeah. and all that, you know what I mean? So his manager obviously thought he was really good to have the manager of the bar. Mm. So we told him, he said to him one day, Sam, that's the fella, he's the manager, get on the guitar now. So Sam Fender <laughs> jumped up and started bashing the songs out. And there he is now, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Shining and absolutely taking on the world. And it's amazing to see. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm, play, I'm playing in his, his own town tonight yeah, as no. well. Which... So you, you mentioned you, you did a few Beatles covers. Have you watched the Beatles documentary? Do you know what? <laughs> For another story about the van ties into this. Well, the van has got two tellies. Right, yeah. but uh, used to work years ago. This van's been gone for like twenty years or something. You know what I mean? It's been upgraded and upgraded and upgraded. Yeah. Like better than the lightning scenes at the very first. <laughs> and um, so, we be drummer Jim. He's uh, he said, "Look, I'm, you can hook it up. I've got it on this box. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we were watching in the van. I'll go to Lappy watching it on tour. Right. So I didn't watch it purposely." Right. And then we got in the van and there's, there's a cable missing or something. Oh, right, okay, so you're going to watch it. I've, I've just I'm started the second episode and it's fascinating, mate. It's, Don't spoil nothing. I've heard I'm not, I won't say no, it, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's yeah. ev- Every bit of it is just like, it, it, it feels like it's a film about the Beatles, but it's it's the real people in front of you being the real Beatles, which you don't you, you, you don't see a lot. Or they've, hid, they've hidden that part of them very well through the last 50 years or whatever it's just yeah so it, it doesn't feel like i don't know for, for me it just doesn't feel like we should be seeing it because it's so different and eye-opening it's brilliant yeah funny thing is with the beatles i as a, as a young lad i was more into like oasis and the lars yeah. and stuff like that you know what i mean but now like 
now I know more about music and like you know like I listen yeah. to a lot more of the back catalogs and stuff like that. <laughs> There's no way that anyone can say that the Beatles weren't the best bands to to mm. ever walk the planet. There's just no way. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, they they invented it. They invented it for us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they paved the way for the likes of me. And then, like, to you, when you were in a band and yeah. you're doing this, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? They've opened the door for us all. And, like, the boundaries that they pushed and, like, they, what it was with the Beatles, what, what I really, really now, really, I've watched loads of documentaries on the Beatles, do you know what I mean? But I haven't seen this one yet. I've watched, like, all yeah. the YouTube archives yeah. and shit like that. But, you know, like, they done everything. They were on top of the world and, like, they set a standard for what music was. And then... Every time they do something else, they push them boundaries. Like, yeah. but they didn't know what knew about those boundaries. They created the, they kept moving them and creating them themselves. Like, yeah. is it on Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and it all goes mad? And he, he told uh, George Martin to uh, lower the voltage of the incomer to the building to, to you know, to make this. <laughs> yeah. like, and that was like, <laughs> yeah. that, that was just like, it's mind blowing to think of that. And like, they were saying to him, I'll like, put, let it, Put it up into the red, and he's saying, "No, no, it's, it's we can't have it. In, it it's going like put it up more." And he was saying, yeah. "No, no, no, put it up more." And that was the distorted guitar. Do you know what I mean? Like it was that was when it went up into the, the red, and that's the mm. sound that they made. And like they, they, they it was there, like because they were like, "What the fuck do we do next?" Do you know yeah. what I mean? And he just kept. And uh, they're just pioneers, troubadours, legends. Do you know what I mean? Like they just they made that, me a better guitar player because as soon as I'd learned. Blackbird on guitar, then I could start to finger pick a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think they improved the whole community around everybody in music. They just made it better for in 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 tiny little ways for some, but in massive ways for others. And have you got a favourite Beatle? It's always been John Lennon for me. Yeah, George for me. But it, it's changing a little bit from watching the documentary. But I'll not spoil. I'll not tell you why. I'll yeah. I've seen some of the clips, to be fair, that's yeah. on the documentary, because one of them's on George. Have you seen Living in the Material World, yeah. George Addison documentary? Mm. Some of them are, like, quite close to that, you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's a bit, bit from the Let It Be sessions and that, you know what I mean? Where, like, but, uh, yeah, George is, like, my my number one. No, and it's probably quite surprising because John Lennon was so vocal and political, but just think he seems a lot quieter than what I thought he would be in the documentary. John Lennon is one thing that I'll just yeah. open up with, and, yeah, and George is quite George. vocal, which surprised me. Yeah. No, um, but that's, I think that was, I mean, I knew that George was a bit more yeah. than people thought. I knew that about him, and mm. he was a really funny fella, you know, yeah. George Addison. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he loved comedy, and like, there's so many layers to him. Do you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't even realize so many things that he'd done behind the scenes, and that it's just such a like, he's yeah, probably, like paid for the life of Brian to be made. Monty Python yeah, yeah. film and all that kind of stuff. He loved his house. Because he wanted to see it. That yeah. was all because he wanted us to see it. You know, what a fucking yeah. legend. Do you know what I mean? And obviously he, he got it back and whatever, but um, God bless them, like, you know what I mean? But yeah. 20 years was, yesterday, I think it was, since he passed away. Was it? I think, yeah. Yeah, he's just there. Uh, and like, he just makes the guitar sing. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. he's, he, like that guitar, that tone and that. Uh, just like it's, he just makes it sing to you. Like it's just, yeah. it's just you know a George Allison guitar, guitar solo or guitar riff when you're there. One, you know what I mean. You're just like, yeah, George. Yeah, when, you, when, I mean? when I learned how to play something. Yeah. As soon as you play that on guitar, it's just like I don't know. It's just like you just feel special just by playing that little 
Uh, Did the isolated vocals for something? Um, I can't think off the top of my head. I probably will have done it with all hours I've put into watching them, but it's not coming to my head. Go on. If you Google something isolated yeah. vocals or isolated harmonies, it's like just the, the raw mics of Paul and George, mm. do you know what I mean? And it's like, do you know what I mean? I don't know, yeah. I don't uh, know. Okay. But Paul McCartney does that. I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, you know what I mean? You're listening to it like, wow. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Just like, they, they were unbelievable. Like, to be that good songwriters and then have yeah. all three years to be that good singers and fucking, do you know what I mean? They could all have played each other's instruments probably fucking, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable band and like, Crack you know. on with find that lead, mate, and crack on with that documentary. I can't recommend it enough, mate. I, I'm, I'll, I'll stop talking about the Beatles because I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I've not finished it myself, and after this interview, I'm going to probably finish it off. Um, exactly. But yeah, but you've got uh, another, well, your first album happened. Then, how do you, yeah. how do you reflect back looking on um, We Get By um, and looking back on it, number six in the charts? Um, yeah, how, I mean, how do you reflect on like having an album in the top ten, mate? Well, I think when I signed a deal, we were looking for the top fifty, maybe top yeah. forty. If we got in there, that would have been a good, like a good announcement. And mm. just as the, the pre-sales came in, it was just my house blowing my mind. And then mm. the week, the week of, we entered in the top three, and like, yeah, we st- we'd be lucky to stay in the top twenty. Do you know what I mean? Really, by the way it works, and we just, people just showed loads of love to it, and it was it was an overwhelming like week. So to be honest with you, like. When I, when the when the number six come in, I was sat in my rehearsal room like, yeah. and I, on my own I was writing. Right. <laughs> when number six come in, I was writing. And I, it's, it's how do you how do you find out the final position? Is just your manager tells you, or do you get like yeah, a, a text from the charts or something? How does it work? Yeah, they they, they they have the emails with the charts. Right, but okay, I tend yeah. to stay out to them and just get me updates off them every day. But. Yeah. Um, like it just come in about five o'clock on the Friday, mm. and it's just like, oh, no, I think it come in about three, four, and uh, I was just fucking punching the air and like screaming in the back room. You know what I mean? I was buzzing. Yeah, uh, seeing up a little bit, thinking about it. To be honest with you, lad, it was in a we had a good night as well. Do you know what I mean? To celebrate, I had a big party, and it was fucking yeah, it was a nice time. And then what followed wasn't too nice though, because it was the second lockdown. And it was really ah, tough then because yeah. I really wanted to. I haven't. Since my first single was released, um, I haven't done a proper tour, and that was November mm. two thousand nineteen. Uh, I done like a, I done a mini tour, like three dates, and one of them wasn't even with me band. It was an acoustic one, mm. so it was like it wasn't just you know, wasn't what it is now. And uh, yeah, I'm just just blown away by the whole thing, and to be able to now this is the we get by tour. I mean, I think I've got the lanyard on here. But um, yeah, it's just um, it's been phenomenal the journey. Like you know what I mean, seeing so many people just grow to it and like playing the gigs that I played. Now I've played a number of hometown shows, big ones, and yeah. just seeing all those people singing songs back to you. It's it's just a, it's, it's it's the best drug in the world, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> you I can, I mean? can imagine you've not messed about bringing your second one out as well in uh, 28th of January moments. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. The, the, we had a, me and the label and the management had a chat. Yeah. Obviously, we have to, once the second lockdown come in and the tour wasn't able to go ahead, and it was, mm. you know, it looked like it was going to be a, a year or so out. So, which it was. Mm. 
So come to the point of just like staying, you know what? Um, like we just there's nothing else I can do but write more tunes. Just write write about what's going on. Write about how I'm feeling. You know, write write about other people's lives. Just do what mm. you do. You know what I mean? You just you've got to. There's no. If, if I ever stopped, I would have. I would have just been like dead. Do you know what I mean? Like not dead, but you know what I'm saying. I would have been yeah. really, really battling with me mental health. Mm. It's probably me because you, you know you go from album campaign, which is all go. Mm. To getting the results and then to nothing, it was a mad sort yeah. of deflation. And then, obviously, as time passed, the listeners went down. And, you know what I mean? Mm. And you think I need to fucking gig here to get you know. Yeah. And then, obviously, how you worry, you question everything. You 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 know. So I just had to get my head back into writing, and it, it got me out of it. I wrote myself out of the rut that mm. I was in. You know what I mean? And. You know, got the second album done now and managed to get a couple of gigs done in the, like a festival and a couple of gigs done in the summertime, sort of. And then finally, yeah, like, you know what I mean? At the tour, yeah, man. I just I just can't wait. And obviously after Christmas, end of January, the new album's in, recorded at Rockfield, recorded with Dave, produced by Dave Eringer, who works with, you know, obviously the Manic Street Preachers. He's worked with yeah. Tom Jones. Yeah, he's worked with The Who. What kind of what kind of words of wisdom did they uh, lay upon you then when you uh, when you started when you took your new songs in to, to record and what kind of influence did the producers have on you? Well, the good thing was um, I've me bass player Tim. Hmm. He's, an, um, he's a great producer himself. Right. So when we go, when we do demos, they're, they're really good quality demos. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he's got a great ear. You know the guitarist. He's got a great ear for the melody. The drummer knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, more than knows what he's doing. He's, he's the fucking best drummer I've ever seen with my own eyes, personally. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so, and I obviously know I have a direction for how I want things to go. Yeah. So, we do most of that work ourselves, to be honest with you, in the demo studio. Mm, okay. And then, obviously, we got to Dave and he was like, look, these demos are great. There's a couple of parts that I think could be bigger mm. here and there. By and large, it wouldn't change any structure. Wouldn't change soon, like hardly any of the parts. Yeah, and I just think we need to record it live. That's what he said. I think we need to capture you as a live band, which is what you are. It's a sign of a good producer, uh, that isn't it? Just taking a seat back and say, "Look, this." Yeah. He come down. I've done two days pre-production with us. Yeah, and he and he just he come down to Liverpool, watched us in a plaque room for two days. It was just like right. Think about this. Think about that. You know, I see he's at Rockfield. And mm. He's a lovely fella. He's a fucking legend. And it, like, what it was with him, though, he, he dressed the studio up in like fucking lights and shit like that. And it was right. a boss vibe. Do you know what I mean? And he's a top fella. Yeah. Like the drum kit was all covered in lights, all the like mic oh, stands. And it was a fucking boss. It was like being in like a fucking grotto or something. You know what I mean? Like in a dark fucking zenny fucking grotto. Like it was amazing. Do you know what I mean? It was just like I'm 15 yards from your bed. It was just perfect. So yeah, he. he Dave Ellinger is, is make no mistake. Um, yeah, cool. Well, um, we really appreciate we, our gem. We, we just love watching the journey of an artist, and we really appreciate your time, Jamie, today. Um, I know you need to get off because you've got you know this big gig for the Geordies tonight. Uh, we wish you all the best, mate. And is there any is there a little mention uh, or a little sh- uh, message that you might have for your fans just to leave the interview with today? Just th- thank you for everything, really. Mm. Um, I can't thank you enough for supporting me on the journey and, and putting me where I am to the, 
written right now because I wouldn't yeah. be here without any of you. And secondly, if you like the first album, you'll love the second one. So yeah. please pre-order it. Listen to the tunes, tell your mates, and get down to one of the gigs. Yeah, I'll, this- I'll put the pre-save link uh, on the episode of this podcast. I'll tag you into it, mate. Jamie, really appreciate your time, brother. Uh, I love watching the journey. I love the band. Keep up the hard work, mate. And uh, we'll see you again in the new year when it all kicks off again and your, your new tour and your new album and everything. Can't wait to see how you go. Carl, love you, big teammate. Thanks very much. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jamie, for joining us on your tour. Good lad, him, innit? Yeah, cheers, mate. Good, good luck, good luck with the for the rest of the tour, Jamie. I've put a link to pre-order his album that we talked about as well in the description of this podcast. So go and treat yourself for Christmas, little early Christmas gift by pre-ordering the album out early in January. Yep, and just as a reminder, the video version of the podcast will be out on Wednesday, where you can see our faces talk to each other over Zoom on YouTube. Be the first to know about up-and-coming guests and activity on the podcast. Next week's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is a Gallagher brother. I had a chat with Paul Gallagher, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute, you know, insight into being around Camp Oasis and you know, talking about through the years. We had a good chat, actually. I've been watching that Beatles documentary thing. And what an amazing documentary that is. And, and to get... You feel like you're part of the band, just, you know, being introduced to how the Beatles are. And he had that experience with Oasis, so I found it fascinating and wanted to quiz him more about all that kind of stuff. You know, there's more to him than just being a a brother to the Gallaghers, to Liam and Noel. Paul's got his own stuff going on. He's a good lad. Really enjoyed the chat. And that's going to be our guest next week. That pretty much takes us up to Christmas. And then we're going to have, like, a compilation episode. All the best of 2021. So loads going on, ladies and gentlemen. Are you going to join us next week or what? Go on. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. So, yeah, my name's Carl Maloney. Thanks for joining us for another week of the RGM Experience podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Tell your friends. Pop the link onto your WhatsApp group with your lads and say, now I've heard this, I've heard this podcast thing. Share it around. The market's saturated. It's so hard to get the net, the word out there. Just need you guys. Just a little bit of help, please. Thank you. So, yeah, we'll see you next week with Paul Gallagher, guys. I've been Carl Maloney. Toodle-oo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. 
Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support and we'll see you next week.